people will tell us that their primary worry, anxiety, stress and concern in this world is about money. Almost every person, whether he's poor, self-employed, businessman, entrepreneur, everybody is worried about the state of the economy. People will say, you know what, the petrol price and the price of oil is skyrocketing and that's having a ripple effect, causing the price of goods to go up and the price of shipping is gone higher and the dollar rate is gone so high. Now everything is becoming affected. So everybody is worried about where's the money going to come from. People will say, I have rent to pay, municipal rates to pay, there's lights and water to pay and there's school fees and there's petrol bill and there's medical bills and there's groceries and there's a never-ending list of financial responsibilities. So because of the state of the economy, the state of affairs, everybody is worried about money. So you find every father also is worried for the financial future and security of his children. He'll make sure his children go to school. He'll pressurize them. My son, make sure you get a good education. You have to become educated, otherwise how are you going to get a job? And how are you going to be able to look after yourself? And this is generally the mindset of each and every person. Allah Ta'ala has created this dunya as Darul Azbab, a place of cause and effect. If a person is hungry, he eats. If he's thirsty, he drinks. Likewise, if a person wants to acquire money, he will have to adopt the Azbab of acquiring money. A person will have to engage in some business. He will engage in some trade. He will have to acquire some form of employment. And through this we find he'll acquire money. But we find that these are just asbab. Our iman is that the asbab cannot do it is Allah who does. So yes, we will adopt these asbab. Why? Because Allah Ta'ala told us to adopt them. But our iman is that although we adopt the asbab, it's not the sabab that gives Allah is the one who's giving. I will open my shop in the morning. I will go to work in the morning. I will sell my goods. But Allah is the one who will provide. It's not my business that's providing. It is not my job that is providing. Allah Ta'ala tells us in the Quran Majid, Inna Allah huwa razzaq. Indeed, Allah, He alone is the only one who sustains. Allah Ma'alusi Rahmatullah mentions that once Nabi Musa salam asked Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala that, Oh Allah, show me how you provide rosy for the creation. Allah Ta'ala told Nabi Musa salam, Oh Musa, you see this rock. Take your staff and strike this rock. When Nabi Musa salam strikes rock, it's open. And inside it, there's another rock. With the command of Allah, he strikes the second rock, it splits open and within it, there's another rock. And when he splits open the third rock, he finds it nestled deep in the recesses of the three layers rock. Absolutely isolated from the dunya. Completely cut off from everything and everyone is a small insect. Yet within the mouth of that insect is a small grain that it is eating, it has its rosy. And then Allah Ta'ala removes the hijab, allowing Nabi Musa salam to hear the speech of this insect. And this insect is engaged in tasbih. It is saying, Subhana may yarani, wa yarifu makani, wa yasma'u kalami, wa yadkuruni, wa la yansani. Glory be to that Allah who can see me. Nobody else can see this insect. So deep within three layers of rock, completely encapsulated in darkness. He says, Allah can see me. Wa yarifu makani, nobody knows I'm here, but Allah knows I'm here. And nobody can hear what I'm saying, Allah can hear what I'm saying. And then the insect says, wa yathkununi wa la yansani. Allah will remember me, Allah will never forget me. Meaning Allah will look after me. So the responsibility of providing rosy to the creation is Allah's responsibility. Allah Ta'ala tells us the very first ayat of the 12th juz of the Qur'an Majid. Wa ma min dabbatin fil ardi illa ala Allahi rizquha. There is no creature on the surface of this earth except that the responsibility for providing it with sustenance is on Allah. 
Allah's work, not our work. We do what Allah says we must do, Allah will do the rest. Now what does Allah want us to do? We want our rosy. Yes, we must adopt the sabab. A person will go to work, he will open his business, he will acquire an education, whatever else is required. The first thing is, do not engage in sins. Rasulullah mentioned in the Mubarak Hadith, do not ever regard your rosy as taking long to come. Sometimes Allah will test a person. There will be a slight period where it looks like things are not working out. It's a test from Allah. None of you should ever feel, hey, why it's taking so long to come? And then because we're impatient, what we do? Then a person reaches his hand out in haram avenues. Now he gets involved in interest. Now he buys dodgy backdoor goods. Or he lies to the customer. He's doing these types of things. Because Rasulullah warned, You want Allah to give you your rosy with izzat, with ease and with barakat, you'll never get that by committing haram. You displease Allah, that is not the way to get Allah to look after you and to see you right. Rather, if you want Allah Ta'ala to look after us and to provide for us with izzat and with ease and with barakat and with happiness and contentment, we want everything to work out, then what's the recipe? Allah Ta'ala tells us in the Qur'an Majid, وَأْمُرْ أَهْلَكَ بِالصَّلَاةِ وَاسْتَبِرْ عَلَيْهَا There's a very very ajeeb ayat. Allah Ta'ala says, Command your household to be steadfast upon salah. وَاسْتَبِرْ عَلَيْهَا And you yourself be steadfast on salah. The father is the head of the household. It's no good if he's telling his wife and children, make sure you read namaz. He tells his son, go masjid, but he's sitting at home. He must lead by example. The righteousness must start with the head of the household. Sometimes you see a young boy in a masjid, 12, 13 years old for Fajr Salah. Asking, Beta, how you came? First of all, he's there. Why? Because he got his class after Fajr. If he wasn't his class after Fajr too, he won't be there. Beta, how you came? No, my mother dropped me off. Where's the father? He's fast asleep in the bed. What good is that? That father must be there and he must bring his big children with him also. So after Allah Ta'ala speaks about this, Allah Ta'ala says, La nas'aluka rizqa. We don't ask you for rozi. La nas'aluka rizqa. We don't ask you to bring the rozi. Nahnu narzukuk. We will give you the rozi. Now this is an ajib ayat because Allah Ta'ala talks about salah. Make sure you're reading your namaz properly in a masjid with jamaat and make sure your family is reading on time, etc. And then Allah Ta'ala talks about rozi. So outwardly it looks like what's the connection between the two? Two separate topics, salah, rozi. What does one have to do with the other? Hafiz ibn Kasir rahmatullahi alayhi, the renowned commentator of the Quran Majid, he explains and says the link is obvious. Allah Ta'ala is telling you, bring salah in your life, in the life of your household, get your namaz right, then your rosy will come right. You read your salah, then everything else will automatically fall into place and come right in your life. But we find unfortunately today the approach is opposite. When a person has children, Allah Ta'ala is saying, Make sure you entrench deeply entrench this quality of salah in the life of your household, your children and your wife. Then everything else will come right. Today the father, he won't bring his, his son for salah. Big son also, 14, 15. Why didn't bring him for namaz? No, he got assignment. No, he got tuition. No, he's studying for exams. This tuition and assignment and exams is all for what? So one day you can get a job and get rosy. But it's the other way around. Get your namaz right, then the rosy will come. And indirectly, what are we teaching our children? We're teaching them namaz is secondary, education is first, your job is first. Allah Ta'ala is telling us, no, 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 it's the other way around. Your salah is first, everything else will come afterwards. We find that Umar bin Abdul Aziz, rahmatullahi alayhi, that great mujaddid of Islam, they called him the second Umar. Only two years he was Khalifa, 98 to 100. In the two years he brought about such a revolution in the Islamic empire, 
such a revolution that there was complete justice. Everything was as it was during the time of the first four Khulafa of Rasulullah But when he was a young boy, his father was governor in Egypt. His father sends him to Medina Munawwara to go and acquire an Islamic education, to go and become an alim, to go and learn hadith and learn Quran. His father sends him, what's the fikr and concern of the father? The father's concern is he's not going to be with me, he's now in a foreign land. There must be someone looking after him, making his tarbiyat, supervising him. This young boy can't be unsupervised to do what he wants. Today young boys are going Cape Town and Joburg to study in varsity and doing whatever they want. His father said, no, no, my son is going. Someone must be supervising, keeping an eye on him. Make sure everything is going straight and how it's supposed to be going. So the father contacts a very, very pious man and alim from Medina, Munawara Salih bin Kaysan. I'm sending my son. Please keep an eye on him. Make sure that he's leading his life how he's supposed to. One day Salih bin Kaysan writes a letter to the father in Egypt that your son, your son must his salah with Jamaat. For us, is this even a concern? This was sufficient concern to send a letter more than a thousand kilometers from Medina to Egypt. Your son must salah with Jamaat in the masjid. Such a big thing. The father immediately sends a letter back. He says, when you get my letter, before you put the letter down. Now, what was the reason why he missed the salah? Salih bin Kaysan went to the young son and asked, why you missed the salah in a masjid? No, I got late because I was styling my hair. This was before Hazrat Umar bin Abdulaziz became the great man he became. This was his young days when he was a youngster. I was styling my hair. So Salih bin Kaysan wrote in the letter, your son missed the salah with Jamaat. Why? Because he was too worried about his hair. So the father writes and says, when you get this letter of mine, before you put it down, go and shave his head bald. That hair is no good for him if it distracted him from the masjid and salah. This was their concern. Just last month, I heard of one youngster working for his uncle. So he was sick, but he was sick for one day, but he took advantage three days, he didn't go to work. So now his uncle is trying to instill some sense of responsibility in him because he's a youngster. Youngsters won't have responsibility unless they are taught. So the uncle said immediately, I'm cutting his pay. Now the boy's eyes opened. I'm not getting pay for three days. You know, that's a big thing. Now he's becoming responsible. But how many people will say, this youngster didn't go for Fajr Salah to the masjid, I'm cutting his allowance. He didn't go for Salah to the masjid, no car for one week. Unfortunately, work and money is very important in our sight. And this is the reality. Salah is not important. The father can't do that to his son because half the time the father too is not in the masjid. But these people had the right, correct priorities in life. They knew this is the priorities. Namaz is number one. Hazrat Aisha radiallahu anha was asked, describe the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam in the home. Hazrat Aisha radiallahu anha said, he would be engaged in the khidmat of his household. And this was the humility of Hazrat Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam the Imam of all the Anbiya and the whole of mankind. But he did not consider it beneath and below his dignity to make the khidmat of the home. He would repay his clothes himself, sweeping, milking the animal. This was the humility of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. But as Aisha radiallahu anha further says, إِذَا سَمِعَ adhan kharaja. No sooner did Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam hear the azan, immediately he would leave the home and go to the masjid. There was no delaying him, not one second delay. Because namaz and masjid comes first in a Muslim's life. In the Qur'an Majid, Allah Ta'ala praises the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. What does Allah Ta'ala say? Rijal. They were such people. La tulhihim tijaratu wala bay'un an zikrillah. Engaging in business and trade and commerce never distracted them from 
Remembering Allah. Remembering Allah. What does remembering Allah mean? Today we hear there was zikrullah. We think zikrullah means to make zikr. Subhanallah, alhamdulillah, Allahu Akbar, and to recite the tasbih. That is one form of zikr. Zikrullah means to remain conscious that Allah is watching me so that a person doesn't disobey Allah. It means you didn't forget Allah. You remained in the obedience of Allah. That is why Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned in the hadith that Man Allah faqad zakar Allah. The one who is in the obedience of Allah, meaning he's not committing sins. He has remembered Allah. He's in zikr. Even though his nafil namaz may be little bit, maybe less, and his fasting may be less, and his sadaqah may be less. So actual remembrance of Allah is what? Now a person's in a business, and he gets carried away with the figures and the money. Now he hears the azan, but he's saying, hey, if I'm going to close and go, all these customers I'm going to lose, never mind, I'll make jamaat in the shop after. Or I'll read afterwards, never mind. <coughs> Sometimes the masjid is close by, but in the shop they go down jamaat khana. Masjid is right there, for what must have this? Allah's house is there, Allah is saying, come my house. No, no, I'm happy here. I don't need to come, Allah's as if we are declining and rejecting the invitation of Allah. Masjid is so close, we want to read namaz in the shop. We're supposed to close and go. So this would not distract them from remembering Allah. salah And establishing salah. Not reading salah, establishing salah. Establishing salah means not just to read. To read on time, with correct wudu, with correct clothing. In the masjid, with jamaat. That is establishing salah. The Mufassirin mentioned this ayat. Allah Ta'ala is praising the Sahaba that yes, Sahaba also had needs to meet. They also had families to support. They also engaged in business. But it did not distract them from the obligation to Allah. They knew my Allah and my namaz comes first. This ayat was revealed regarding who? They say there were two Sahaba radiallahu anhum. One was a blacksmith and the other was a merchant who would sell things by weight. Like how you sell fruit by weight and how you sell grain by weight, etc. So they say the quality of that Sahabi who was a blacksmith was what? So a blacksmith obviously has the anvil. The anvil is that metal surface where he places the hot metal to beat it and to make it into shape. So he would take the glowing hot metal from the furnace and place it on the anvil. And then he'd raise his hammer and he would beat the iron into shape. He said the quality of this Sahabi was such that if the azan commenced when he was raising the hammer, he would raise it and drop it behind his back. And if the azan would start when the hammer was coming down, he would let go of it and allow it to fall to the ground. What does this mean? It means that one extra second it would take to take the hammer and put it nicely somewhere, he couldn't delay that much also. He would just drop it spontaneously and go to the masjid. And the same thing to the sahabi who would sell things by weight. Wherever the scale was, whatever was in the scale, he would just leave it and go to the masjid for salah. This is that quality that was beloved. So beloved to Allah. That Allah Ta'ala revealed this ayat. So Allah Ta'ala told us, you want rosy, you want barakat in your livelihood, you want everything to work out, you want your needs to be fulfilled, you want contentment in the home. The essential ingredient which is today overlooked and sidelined and made not even secondary, made last in our list of priorities, if it even features in a person's list, is that namaz must be right in a person's life. Allah Ta'ala has showed many people, you bring namaz right, everything else will come right. I met one person, he has a shoe shop, and we got talking and then he tells me, you know what, last week or perhaps it was sometime, he says, I closed my shop and I went for salah. Now normally a person, what does business sense say? If you work so many hours, you'll earn more. You work less hours, you'll earn less. But you must remember that Allah is the giver. We're not saying don't work. Rasulullah said in the hadith, Ajmilu fi talab. Make a good moderate effort. Don't overdo it, but make a moderate good effort. 
Don't kill ourselves. Rat race. Seven days a week. Early to late. No time for wife. No time for children. No time for Allah. Then what happens after the money becomes the Allah? Na'uzubillah. So this person, he closed and he went for salah. He told me, Mawlana, I came back to the shop. Doors were closed. There's a man waiting outside. He came, he saw it was closed, but he was waiting outside. And then he takes out a receipt and he shows me. I won't forget. He showed me the receipt. It obviously made an impression on him. And he told me the story about two, three years ago. It made an impression on me also. He takes out the receipt. He shows me this one person bought shoes for 12,000 rand. And I can imagine there must be a healthy markup also. So perhaps the profit was a good three, 4,000 rand. He says, Allah sent the customer, made him wait for me. When I came back, he was there. Allah is the one who will send the customer. Allah will make him spend. Allah was the one who gives. People have degrees, they can't get jobs. People have businesses, nobody's coming. And some people, so much of customers, so many jobs they get, they can't even manage. Allah is the one who gives. So let us remember, let us never disobey Allah. First of all, let us get the salah correct in our lives. <laughs> salah is the first thing in our life. From Fajr Salah with Jamaat in the Masjid, till the Isha Salah, seven days a week. Let us bring the salah correctly in our lives. Not with the niyat that Allah must make us rich. Get our niyat right also, that Allah, I'm doing it to please you. If we do this, inshallah, Allah Ta'ala will see to all our needs, our needs of this dunya and akhirat. Allah Ta'ala grant me tawfiq, all of us tawfiq. Wa akhra da'wana, alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Ashadu an la ilaha illallah. أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله أشهد أن محمد رسول Alhamdulillah, <laughs> وقد قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم اتق الله حيثما كنت واتبع السيئة الحسنة تمحها وخالق الناس بخلق حسن أو كما قال صلى الله عليه وسلم والله سبحانه وتعالى يقول بقوله يهتدي المهتدون وإذا قرئ القرآن فاستمعوا له وأنصتوا لعلكم ترحمون بارك الله لنا في القرآن العظيم ونفعنا بما فيه من الآيات والذكر الحكيم أقول قولي هذا وأستغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم الحمد لله 
الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله ارسله بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا بين يدي الساعه من يطيع الله ورسوله فقد رشد ومن يعصهما فانه لا يضر الا نفسه ولا يضر الله شيئا أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد عبدك ورسولك وصل على المؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات وبارك على سيدنا محمد وأزواجه وذريته قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أرحم أمتي بأمتي أبو بكر وأشدهم في أمر الله عمر وأستقهم حياء عثمان وقضاهم علي وفاطمة سيدة نساء أهل الجنة والحسن والحسين سيدا شباب أهل الجنة وحمزة أسد الله وأسد رسوله رضوان الله تعالى عليهم وعن كل الصحابة أجمعين الله الله في أصحابي لا تتخذوهم غرضا من بعدي من أحبهم فبحب أحبهم ومن أبغضهم فببغضي أبغضهم وخير أمتي قرني ثم الذين يلونهم ثم الذين يلونهم اللهم ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعذكم لعلكم تذكرون قال تعالى فاذكروني أذكركم أشكروا لي ولا تكفرون الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر أحد ولا إله إلا الله أحد ولا إله إلا الله أحد ولا محمد رسول الله محمد رسول الله حي على الصلاة حي على الصلاة حي على الفلاح حي على الفلاح قد قامت الصلاة قد قامت الصلاة الله أكبر الله أكبر يا إله إلا الله الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين والفجر وليال عشر والشفع والوتر والليل إذا يسر هل في ذلك قسم لذي حجر ألم تر كيف فعل ربك بعاد إرم ذات العماد التي لم يخلق مثلها في البلاد وثمود الذين جابوا الصخر بالواد وفرعون ذي الأوتاد الذين طغوا في البلاد فأثروا فيها الفساد فصب عليهم ربك سوط عذاب إن ربك لبالمرصاد فأما الإنسان إذا مبتلاه ربه فأكرمه ونعمه فيقول فيقول ربي أكرما 
Allahumma <laughs> اللهم عنا على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك اللهم فقنا لما تحب وترضى وجل آخرتنا خير من الأولى ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين واجعلنا للمتقين إماما اللهم اكفنا بحلالك عن حرامك وأخذنا بفضلك عمن سواك ورب اجعلني مقيم الصلاة ومن ذريتي ربنا وتقبل دعاء اللهم اشف مرضانا ومرض المسلمين وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين برحمتك يا رب العالمين